0: Guys, take your Bibles this morning and let's go to the book of Jonah. We are continuing our study in the book of Jonah. And for those who missed last week, we did a background uh, message uh, and given some history behind this book. And I'd encourage you, if you would like, to go back and hear that uh, podcast or broadcast online. And uh, that will give you some good background and an overview of what's happening in the book of Jonah. Um, many of us are familiar with this book. I know the ladies did a study a few years back and a great study, heard a lot of good things about that. Thankful the Lord has led us to this book. I kind of went back and forth, you know, we here when we teach and preach from the pulpit through uh, book studies, I like to rotate between the New Testament and the Old Testament. And again, that's the way we should study our Bible. We should study the whole counsel of God and we should do it in uh, a whole letter at a time, not just a verse here or a verse there. And so context, context, context is important and that's how we're able to gain application and understand the Word of God in its entirety. And so when I was kind of back and forth on where to go next in the Old Testament study, Uh, thankful God landed us here. Uh, We went to a a missions conference in in Georgia and that sort of solidified uh, the direction uh, that we were to go Uh, and this should lead us up to uh, our missions conference here at community coming up Lord willing in about a month be in prayer for that uh, as we look forward to that time. Plus with our church sending a short-term missions trip to Jamaica uh, again, I trust this is timely in preparing our heart for what God has called us to do as a church. And so excited about our book study here in Jonah. Now, you guys are scholars, you're, you're students of the Word, so, so I know that you realize that there's no certainty that the, the, the fish that swallowed Jonah was a whale. But I know we typically say it was a whale. Some people, you just, you know, Jonah, eaten by the whale. But but again, the Word of God says it was a a great fish that was prepared. Regardless of where you stand on that, I did find this a bit humorous, and so I wanted to share this with you. Top ten things to do inside a whale. I mean, you never know, folks, what a day may bring forth, so... Uh, If you find yourself in the belly of a whale, here's 10 things, top 10 things to do inside a whale. Number 10, take a really cool selfie, but probably couldn't upload it because social media, you know, you probably wouldn't get a signal inside the belly, but anyway, take a selfie. That's, That's one thing you could do. How about a bonfire and fish fry? I mean, that's number nine. Number eight, open a sushi bar. Number seven, pray he's... Bulimic. <laughs> it's terrible. You know. I didn't write that one, by the way. I did write some of these, but I did not write that one. Take a spiritual attitude approach. Consider it all joy. Or number five, you could floss the whale. Look, that's not the little crazy dance you do. But anyway, I, I, won't, I won't bore you with that. Or how about number four, finally get motivated to read Moby Dick. I mean, that, that's, that's a place to start. Oh, here's one. Carver will appreciate this. Number three, listen to podcasts of your preacher's old sermons. Yeah, you got a lot of time. You might as well, right? You might get through one sermon, by the way. Um, How about number two? Look for Pinocchio. (laughs) Sorry, I just thought that was kind of funny. Or number one, the number one thing to do if you find yourself inside the belly of a whale, probably want to find a new porpoise in life. I did write that one. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I know, it's, it's, it's bad. But hey, it could be worse. You could be in the belly of a whale. Some of you might take your chances after those jokes, right? All right, let's get on to serious things. We're in the book of Jonah. And as you know, the story of Jonah as it goes, um, Jonah has been commissioned to take the word of God to a people group that he cannot stand. And we talked a little bit about this last week, and I won't go back into a whole lot of it, but I will say this. Guys, we live in a fallen world and we are a fallen people. And because of the sin nature that dwells within the heart of every person, we all have a propensity to discriminate. We all have a level of prejudice in the natural man, the Adamic nature, the fallen nature. And yet that's not the nature that's found in the new nature in Christ. And so the challenge last week, the takeaway, was um, making certain that when we're operating under the power of the Holy Spirit and not the flesh, that we recognize our calling to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. And that means your enemies. And I don't know who your enemy is, but again, I know what God has commanded. We are to love our enemy. And so here's this group of Ninevites, and they were a wicked group of people. They were the, the sworn enemy of Israel. And Jonah was told to take the gospel to them. Now imagine God calls you to that neighbor you can't stand. To that coworker that just gets on your last nerve to a people group that you've been conditioned and ingrained and raised in ignorance to see as different. Guys, we're created in the image of God. Each and every one of us, every soul has value in the eyes of God. And Christ came and gave His life. He's not willing that any, any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so it's with that in mind as we unpack Jonah that we we look at what God would have us to learn in the Word. Chapter 1, God says, Go. Follow if you would in the Word of God. If you need the Scriptures, it should be there in front of you. Now the Word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. So the the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise! Call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us. For whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up, throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land. But they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah... And threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Father, I pray this morning that you will give me recall of the things that have been studied. I pray that the Holy Spirit would work in me and through me, that I would simply be a vessel, a conduit of your grace, that it would be your message that would be preached and taught. And I pray, Lord God, that it would be done so in your power. And I pray for the listening ears of every soul here today, Lord, that we would take notice that we would pay attention, that we would hear and receive and respond to what you have to say. Teach us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Three things this morning. By the way, here is the the map that you'll see. Here's Nineveh. That's where Jonah should have been going, but instead... Jonah came down to Joppa and decided to head towards Tarshish. This is the flight. This is the fulfillment. This is where he fleed. This is where he was commanded to go. And keep that in mind as we unpack this. Three things, again, I want to speak to you about. Here's an outline, and and you should have this here. By the way, I notice you notice. Some of you have a little fill-in-the-blank thing. Just, Just to let you know, I don't normally do this. It's a special group this morning. The last time I did this was the first time the Netheries visited, so that's been a few years or a couple of years. So it's been a while. So uh, my once every you heard of the once every two hundred year flood or once a hundred. This is kind of like that. So you know, take advantage of that paper. Uh, some of you have already scribbled on it or made a paper airplane. That's fine too. God said, "Go," verses one through two. God said, "Go." Jonah said, "No." Verses three through four. And the mariner said, whoa. Pretty simple outline. You ought to be able to remember that. Chapter 1, God said go. Jonah said no. And the mariner said, whoa. Verses 5 through 16. Deep theology here this morning, I know. But anyway, stick with us. We're going somewhere. Notice if you would here under God said go. Verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of the Amittite, saying, Arise and go, to Nineveh. Guys, when it comes to the word of the Lord, this is our authority base. And Jonah knew this. He's a prophet. Jonah knew, if anyone knew, what it meant. And in fact, we find out at the end of Jonah, I mentioned this last week, the whole reason he fled, the whole reason he didn't want to go to those people, because he couldn't stand those people, they were the enemy of Israel. He did want to go, the Bible tells us, because he knew God was merciful. And that they might repent that they actually might get right with God and he didn't want that Wow I mean that's it's pretty telling isn't it and yet I know last week it's easy to be a little offensive uh, because by the way the Word of God can be offensive you remember the disciples told Jesus that you offend the Pharisees? Guys, truth offends. And, and I really hit hard last week on this idea of Jonah was a nationalist. Jonah might have even been called a racist. Now, not in the definition in which we might use it today. So again, if you hear the entirety of the message, I make that clear. But there's no doubt he had a bitterness in his heart towards these people. Or maybe it wasn't that at all. Maybe it was that he just loved his country so much, he loved Israel so much, that the the sworn enemies of his country? No way, Josue. Yet I know us good Christians in Bible-believing churches would never have that type of attitude, would we? Now, don't get me wrong, guys. We've done a study on this on Wednesday nights. And see, you missed out. This is why why we don't pull out verses out of the Bible because context, context, context. And the whole counsel that's been taught here at this church and continues to be taught here in the Word of God, we've discussed this at length sometimes on a Wednesday night Bible study. Is God a nationalist or a globalist? Yes. He's both. But when you're national agenda or your global agenda goes against the will of God then we're in the wrong the kingdom of God seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and so a lot of times guys and I fear that even in our day we can be like a Jonah we can lose sight of our commission where we're called to go God said arise arise Go to Nineveh, that great city. By the way, this is the capital of of Assyria. We know this is this group of wicked people. And he was told to proclaim a message. It was a message of repentance. Now, in in the English, this was the message. In your translation there, it says, Yet forty days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight Eight-word message. You're thinking, oh, pastor, you need to learn something from him. (laughs) Thanks for the four of you listening. Uh, In the Hebrew, the original, it's only five words, a five-word sermon. Now, guys, listen. I, I, I believe he preached a lot more than that. I think he had a lot more to say than that. That's simply what we had recorded. But here's what we need not lose sight of. Jonah was told by the command of God, the Word of God, our authority base, his authority base, to go, arise and go. And he chose not to obey it. And yet we hold today the very revealed will of God, the very word of God, our authority base. And has he not yet commanded us the same thing? To go into all the nations? I've been excited about hearing your testimonies, and many of you have been sharing your testimonies of how God is using the little true life cards and how you're sharing your faith with others and you're getting outside your comfort zones and and, and simply giving out a little invite card and inviting folks to go to that website and check out some of the video clips. And there's no doubt God is using it. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that. God has said, go church. And by the way, as we unpack this, as you read this this morning, you're going to see as we get to the maritors, and that's where we're going to camp out a lot of, and I'm not talking about Seattle, but we're going to spend a lot of time looking at how they use reasoning. They use their own false gods. They try to rely on everything else in their own understanding, but the true God. I cannot emphasize in an ever-changing day how important the Word of God is that you hold. It is the authority base. It is the final answer. It has the final say in life. And it has everything you need to live a life of godliness. It helps correct, it helps rebuke. And so as a Christian, as a believer, guys, we must depend upon the authority of Scripture. And had Jonah simply trusted God at His word and obeyed, he would have been in Nineveh. But Jonah said no. Verses 3 and 4. Jonah said no. God said go, but Jonah said no. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now how foolish is that? The psalmist says there's no place you can go. You can make your bed in, in, in the grave and you cannot escape the very presence of God. You know, many people teach that that uh, hell is, like, is being removed from the presence of God, that the lake of fire, eternal separation, is separation from the presence of God. Guys, i got news for you. There is no place you can go to escape the presence of God. What you find in hell and what you find in the lake of fire is an ever-present God of judgment. The very presence of God in His wrath. Because when someone chooses to walk away from the grace that's been given, when people choose not to hear the message of the messenger and they do not receive the grace that's being God's ex- idols, this is what He knows. Now at the end of the day, the Scriptures tell us that every man is without excuse. And again, going back to the sermon preached a few weeks ago, the natural, right, reveals. But if they'll respond to the natural light that's been given them, they will... They was, man, this whole time I've not been on. Have you? You, you translate can. that for me. Thank you, sir. His microphone did. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was a good translation. That was from the Hebrew Aramaic to the Carver. So they reasoned with one another. Guys, people in the world, when they, when they follow false gods, they're left to their own devices, and they, they kind of try to do... In their own strength, and in this case, they begin to reason one another. Notice what they did in verse 7 through 10. They said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us for whose cause does this trouble come upon us? For what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? What people are you from? you know reasoning is is a is, is something god has given to us but it's not enough guys reasoning is not enough now in their pagan ideas this was superstition hey maybe we'll cast lots maybe we'll maybe we'll you know we'll read the tea leaves we'll we'll uh, roll dice you know we'll we'll see we'll see who the problem is All of them are crying out to their false gods. you got the captain going down to the ship, waking up. You sleeper, wake up! Cry out to your God. Maybe He'll answer you. Maybe He'll hear you. We need to find out who's causing this problem. And so their superstition actually led them to to do that. Now here's an interesting thing. They didn't know this, but did you know the Scriptures tell us? Even the casting of lots belongs to the Lord. Now that doesn't mean we go out and practice pagan rituals. We don't put out fleeces for God to give us a sign. In fact, there's a very interesting study in the context of Jonah in the New Testament when Jesus quotes that he the only sign given because they say, hey, give us a sign. He said the only sign given will be that of Jonah, the prophet. As he was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so shall the Son of Man be in the grave. And he says a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. So we don't seek after signs today. But in this case... Even the casting of the lots belonged to God, and he put the finger on Jonah. And that was truly the problem. It was Jonah. So they reasoned with one another. Jonah responds. He says, I'm a Hebrew. He said, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. And I fear my battery's not working here. Could you click that next slide for me, partner? Thank you. You could hit that one thank you sir so they cast lots and you'll notice that Jonah responds he says I'm a Hebrew I fear the Lord the God of heaven who made the sea in the dry land does he really I mean does Jonah really fear the no obviously he's not he's saying that he's giving lip service Guys, the thing I love about the book of Jonah, Jonah is a mirror. It reflects us. As we read through this, we need to be seeing ourselves. Do we do this? Do we give lip service? You know, Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Ooh. Jonah says, oh, I fear the Lord. He obviously didn't fear him enough. He's trying to flee his presence course, then again, Jonah may make the argument, well, that's why I'm trying to flee his presence. But we actually know why, because it tells us in later in the book. The mariners respond. You see Jonah's response, but notice the mariners' response. These are the pagans. They were more afraid than Jonah was. They were more fearful because they were seeing the hand of God. They knew what was taking place, and they knew it was Jonah's fault, and they were getting pretty scared. Verse 10, then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? Why have you fled from your God? Guys, let me just say this loud and clear. When you resist the will of God, you not only hurt yourself, you endanger others. You say, oh, well, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my, I'm not, I'm not hurting nobody. This isn't hurting nobody. Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Learn this from our example in Scripture. I'm sure Jonah, and we'll see, as he flees, he's thinking, okay, I just need to get away from the presence of God. I, 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 maybe he'll get somebody else to do it. I don't want to do it. Maybe he'll get somebody else. I don't know what his thoughts are, but I know it's enough that he decides he, he's going to take a ship to Tarshish to escape the presence of God. And when we resist the will of God, you end up hurting yourself and others. So notice what they do next. They requested answers. So the mariners, they said to him, verse 11 and 12, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? Isn't that just like the lost man to ask, what shall we do? What do we need to do? Guys, there's a world out here, and I'm afraid it's invaded the church. There's a lot of people in church that think they they get to heaven by doing. They think it's by their own righteous works. They think they can do something to earn favor with God. You will never do enough. You cannot. We all fall short of the glory of God. And our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. We cannot be good enough. We cannot do good enough. Hang that thought up. And so when you're sharing the good news of people, don't be surprised when, like the rich young ruler, he says, Good Lord, he says, Good, um, Lord Jesus, what, what what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, What must I do? Again, he's he is the case here. What shall we do? Jonah says. Throw me in the sea. Again, you see here, the, the, they're, they're being selfish in their prayer. They're saying, help me out of this, John. Well, what do we need to do? What, do? what do we need to do to get right this? So, so they're thinking about self. They're trying to preserve their own skin, right? Again, here's like that blue light prayer. Help me get out of this. And again, some of us, we, we, we're willing to serve God. Let me back that up and say we We're willing to serve God when, it, when it, we get in trouble, when something happens in our life. Oh, now God's got my attention. Okay, yes, yes, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? Guys, can I encourage you? Don't let it get to that point. Please do not let it get to that point. And then notice what Jonah says. Jonah says, throw me in the sea. And this is a selfish decision. Do you hear what Jonah's really saying here, guys? He's, in essence, he's saying, look, I'd rather die than do what God wants me to do. That's where he's at. Why, why, why is he that hardened to the will of God? Yet, again, it's a reflective study. i got to ask myself this question. Why is it when I know what God has told me to do, I'd rather do anything and everything else but do what God wants me to do? Why are we that way? Because we're Jonah. Because we too have sinful heart issues that the new man... Is trying to to kill we need to die to self we need to take up our cross daily we need to recognize that I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives within me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the will of God I want to do what God wants me to do that should be our response and yet we see here Jonah Making a selfish decision. You now, every year we love watching uh, for Christmas. How many of you watch It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, a couple of hands around right here. Yeah, I like that. That's, a, that's like a tradition in our home. We love it. I, I like watching it. But you know, he gets, to, he gets to that point in his life. Where life is so hard. Life is so stinky. He's like, you know what, just be better off dead. It'd be better off with, with, you know, if I wasn't here, if, I, if I'd never been born, if I'd never and then, of course, you know, he gets a glimpse of what that would be like. I think Jonah's having sort of that woe is me moment. He's having one of those moments to the point that the mariner said, what do we got to do? We got to stop this storm. What do we need to do? Just throw me overboard. It'll stop because this is happening because of me. He knew he was in disobedience. How many of you here this morning know you're in active disobedience? I'm just asking, I don't need to show hands. I'm just asking you in your own heart. How many of us know we're running from God? I know where I need to be with God and for whatever reason I'm choosing not to obey. Because it's a dangerous place to be notice what they they end up doing they end up rowing harder Now, why do they do that Jonas just told him what he can do to stop the storm throw me in the sea just kill me throw me in the sea they don't do that they end up come on let's go let's get it. everybody start rowing let's go and they uh, start rowing harder and I think about this again the natural man this is this is understandable they try in their own strength to solve their problem. And whether you're a believer or unbeliever, this is oftentimes our problem, isn't it? We try to figure it out on. Well, let me just, if I just try harder. Too many people in the church, they want to try harder. Well, maybe I just need to go to church more. Maybe I just need to get up and read my Bible more. Maybe I need to do more good deeds. Maybe I need to check this box and check. Guys, rolling harder is not the answer. We have a heart problem. They tried in their own street. They don't want to murder, John, of course. No, they don't want to, you know, throw me in the sea. Well, that'd be murder, man. And if his God is doing this and his God is doing this, then he might hold that to our account. Right? No doubt they're thinking this. But the sea gets worse. The sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. That's what it says. Verse 13. Guys, when you try to do in your own strength, it's not going to get easier. It's just going to get harder. It's just going to get harder. That's not the answer. This is not the answer. And then notice, I'm going to ask you this question. Are you, are you rowing hard? They repented. This time they turned to the true God. Not the false God as before. Notice the parallel. Remember when they the first time when they cried out to the false god? They prayed and then there was a response. Notice here, they do the same thing. They prayed. This led to action. Notice, they cried out to the Lord. And then notice the action. Instead of cargo, this time they threw Jonah overboard. They actually listened to the representative of God. This is a man of God. This is a man who's been commissioned. We know he's in disobedience because this ceased getting kind of crazy. But they feared God more than Jonah did, that they actually heeded what he had to say and did it. You know, Jesus even gave a similar instruction to his disciples. He said, Do as the Pharisees say, not as they did. Guys, the word of God is authoritative. And regardless of who or who isn't, that's not your problem, my problem. I need to keep eyes on Christ. And if God has asked me, then therefore I'm I'm doing it because He's asked me. That's the reason we yield to Christ in our life. And so we notice here these mariners... They repented. Obedient faith in action always results in peace. Obedient faith in action always results in peace. Now you say, well, wait a minute. Preachers, sometimes, you know, life just, the storms get worse. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes they do. Sometimes when you choose to follow after Christ, when you choose to do that which is right, things are going to get really bad in your life. But there is a peace that passes all understanding. Because when you're in the perfect will of God, you can rest easy. You know, Christ with his disciples was in the ship. And and he was down in the ship asleep. And they came in, come help. We're going to perish. And Jesus spoke and calmed the storm. I love that song, contemporary song that says, sometimes he calms the storm with a whisper, peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. And sometimes knowing that we're in the perfect peace of God is enough to keep us focused on Christ and at rest in the midst of stormy seas. They repented. Then notice what they did last. They responded with worship. They worship the true and living God. Verse 16. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. I mean, guys, think about it. Here is a group of sailors, and I don't know about you, but I used to work with a bunch of sailors. And you know what they say about sailors. Thank you, sir. But we see them responding and they worshipped the true and living God. They offered sacrifice. They offered. Uh, they took a vow. Take your Bibles. Go over them real quick. Almost done here. This is our last point. But let, me, let, me, let me wrap this up with this. Go over to Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren God's not asking for a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice been made. If there is a sacrifice to be made, it's it's that you and me would make a living sacrifice, die to self, and take up the cross. How about you? I ask you this morning what's causing you to flee God's command? What's causing you to flee God's command? Why is it what's holding you back? What is the reason that you and I are not yielding or surrendering in an area of life that God would have us to surrender? Jonah was selfish. He was self-centered. He'd rather die than take the message of repentance to the Ninevites. And this is what happens to us as well. When self is on the throne of your life and Christ is not, He's called us to live Christ centered lives. God said, Go. Why are you saying no? And let's let this sink in for a second. He's told us all to go. And if we're not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, why? No answer is satisfactory. Because this is a command. And we're just like Jonah. Maybe we're not jumping on a ship 2,500 miles away to Tarshish. You know, there's there's a growing, tempestuous storm brewing against the lost man. Did you know that, Christian? There is a storm brewing against the lost man and the lost women of this world and the wrath of God is going to be poured out and you're in the ship asleep. We're asleep, church. Do we hate people so much that we refuse to share the truth of who God is with them? I think of the the atheist, Penn and Teller. Remember the video that he put out? He said, man, how much do you... This is a lost man saying, how much do you got to hate somebody to not tell them and warn them that there is a judgment day coming, that there's a hell? I mean, it's like standing and seeing somebody in the road and you know that truck is going to hit them and you don't even want to raise your voice because you don't want to offend them. Would you rather be 2,500 miles away from doing what God has asked of you? God has called us. He has called us. We are His prophets. We're the foretellers of His Word. Therefore, we need to respond in obedient faith. Global missions is our calling and it begins right here where we are. That's our calling. Take the good news, take the gospel into a lost and dying world. Perhaps you relate to the mariners. God said go, why are we saying no? Perhaps you're like them, and you're saying, Whoa, well, uh, you know, I'm not sure about this thing I'm not so sure about this you're relying maybe on your own reasoning Proverbs 3 5 & 7 says this trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil. Repentance. Guys, at 25 years of age, I realized I was living a very dark and sinful life. And I knew that if I died in my sin, I would perish. I needed repentance. And by the grace of God, I turned to Him and cried out to the only name by which, under heaven by which men to be saved. Are you re- leaning on your religious understanding? Will I go to church, preacher? Are you, maybe you're requesting answers. This is a good place to start. God likes honest questions. Ask. They asked Jonah and they got honest answers and they responded in faith. Are you trying to row harder? Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. It's the only thing, guys, that will save us from the storm that's coming. It's the only thing that will save the wicked Ninevites when they heed the message of the prophet. It's the only thing that's going to save a lost and dying world today is the good news of Jesus Christ. And in judgment is great mercy. As you see in the book of Jonah, with Jonah, the mariners... And the Ninevites. And guys, they're just like us. And they need the saving grace of God. Repent and believe. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Allow Him to calm the stormy seas in your life. Is it well with your soul? You heard Man Law sing it earlier. Is it well with your soul? If it's not well with your soul, if your soul is at an unrest, then you need to fall on your face before a holy God and plead for His mercy, grace, and forgiveness, and He will meet you at the cross of Calvary. He will give you what you cannot earn. You cannot reason. You cannot get religiously. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I surrender. I give up. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your message of grace. Message of hope. Lord, we're all like a Jonah. We know what your word says, and yet we fall short in doing it. And even in judgment, Lord, you, you meet us with grace. We're going to find out in the days ahead that you prepared a fish, a great fish for Jonah. His thought was that maybe this would end it all, and, and yet your plan and purpose would not be thwarted. Lord, Jonah was being selfish in that decision. And uh, Lord, that's never a place to be. Help us to be Christ-centered. Help us to come to a point of surrender in our own life. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that's never done that, if there's somebody here that maybe they're like the Mariners and they, they've been relying on their own understanding and maybe even worshiping false gods, or Lord, I pray that they would recognize that there is only one true and living God. And you've revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. He came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. And that it's only in him and through him that we can have the forgiveness of our sins. We can also know, Lord. We can know that those sins are forgiven. And we can be at peace with you. It can be well with our soul. And so, Lord, may they call upon that name today. May they cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you make Him a promise to as many as receive Him. To them He gives the right to become the children of God. And we'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.